Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast. Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly. And now your hosts, Mark and John. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. I am here with co-host John Astronomy. Welcome back, John. Thank you, Mark. I am happy to be back on Talking Metal. I am here in Midtown Manhattan. Yes. Our favorite place our, to hang our, at a bar. Official stomping ground of yes. the origins of Talking of Metal. Of Talking yeah. Metal. Now, I have to say one thing. We were supposed to do this podcast at what was called Rock and Riley's, right. which is a place that I first hung out at on the Sunset Strip uh, amongst all the other great places like the Rainbow and the Whiskey and the Viper Room and the Hustler Store, which I think might have gotten torn down to build an apartment complex. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway... um, if so, what a shame. Unfortunately, was that? I said, if so, so what a shame. Yeah, I know. It was a shame. Totally. I I got a shirt there. (laughs) Amongst other things. Um, What has happened is... We came here expecting to see Rock and Riley's and Nils Lozower's photos all over the walls, and unfortunately, it is not Rock and Riley's anymore. Right. It's, it changed it's still the name. good. I'm having a good time yeah. hanging with you and we're, your friend. We're in the we're, Renaissance we're, we're Hotel here. in uh, uh, Manhattan, right near Madison Square Garden. And the reason I know about this place is not only Rock and Riley's, but I know it because this is where Ace stayed Ace when Riley. he did the. Uh, NHL Winter Classic. Ah, right, and, right, right. I and this that. whole place, this floor, uh, the the restaurant downstairs, the lobby, everything was all. Oh, this is the lobby. Um, NHL. So everywhere right, you wow. went, it was NHL, and everybody here was from the NHL. Wow, very cool. Cool, cool. good stuff, John. And so great to be hanging with you, drinking with you tonight. Uh, we've had a few beers already. I'm. Actually, you haven't been drinking beers. I had two beers, and now I'm on to a mojito. What yeah. are you drinking? I'm drinking something called the Apex, and nice. it is celery-infused gin. Nice. Wow. Mixed with apple juice and uh, some miscellaneous other things. Wow. All right. Want to do a Talking Metal Toast? Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Talking Metal Toast, old school. Talking Metal old. Toast. I'm going to drink the microphone instead of the drink by accident. I- yeah. Well, I tell you what. We got all the thrash you could want. 
in one episode of Talking Metal. Awesome. We were going to break this up to two episodes. Let's do it as one massive epic episode. Cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some names at you right now. Chuck Billy, a testament. Testament. Chuck Billy, I've met him before at one of these horror conventions. I now, was did at you interview I... him once for Talking Metal without no. me? Not Chuck Billy, but I did interview Greg Christian. Without me. Without you. Right. Somewhere around that? here. I yeah. think it was at the Hammerstein where okay. they played. So we've never had Chuck Billy on the podcast because I've never interviewed him. I don't think we had right. Chuck Billy. I met Chuck I Billy. I thought at you interviewed Chuck Billy one time. I don't think so. Okay. I might All have right. got a photo with Chuck Billy maybe, but I know I've met Chuck Billy. Okay. So and he's I, the first I guest. I met Alex Skolnick. Oh, so Chuck Billy's yeah. on He's on this episode. this episode, and he's talking about vaping. And, uh, yeah. I love Chuck Billy. He's yeah, great. So he is about to join us. We're going to get into that first. Then, John Keevil, Warbringer. Oh, Warbringer. I, I follow him on Facebook. I, I loved all his wedding photos. Uh, we yeah. jammed with him twice, right? Yep. Yeah, at the uh, Gibson no, Guitar Show. once. Only once. once. But we okay. interviewed him. At, we, we interviewed, interviewed him, him on, on, uh, on our TV show. Correct. In 2008. Then we jammed with him in 2012 with Dan Lorenzo right. and Ron uh, Lipnicki. Where did we do that first interview at? Was that in Gibson? Gibson show? Okay, so yeah, we were place. at Gibson yeah. with him twice, but we only um, yeah. jammed with him once. So this interview with him is coincidentally on his first wedding anniversary. Oh, uh, and congratulations, guys. It, it took place in, in Montreal, heavy Montreal, so we're going to hear that interview coming up. You sound like you have the uh, Montreal accent right there. I oh, think really? It, yeah. Just because you're up there, you might have heard people say it so many times, it, it's coming out. Well, yeah. <laughs> they speak French. I have yeah. been told they have a Toronto accent. Oh, really? And that well, might be because I, my family's from Buffalo. Oh, right, and, right. So you and hear, they, yep. the accent kind of slips over the border Correct. in the Buffalo area. Yep. But spent the first five li- years of my life in Buffalo. So we got Chuck Billy, John Keevil, and it doesn't end there. There's more. It's insane. We got, we've got David Sanchez from the thrash metal band Havoc. Have it? And, Very yeah, cool. and they are great. They put out some great music, so be sure to check them out and stay tuned for the interview. And then ending the interview, a guy who I, I'm now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 95% sure you interviewed him solo for Talking Metal in 2005. Oh. Because I went back. I actually yeah. researched this, and I didn't do the interview. He is back, and uh, he tells me it's been far too long, and he's correct. But his name is... Benji of Skindred. Yes. Yes. I interviewed him at the Him concert. Wow. Okay. At the Hammerstein Ballroom back in the day. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Very 2005, cool. 2005. I Googled it. It's still up there. It lives, that is so cool. Probably lived for hundreds of years uh, yeah. on the internet. <laughs> on the internet. That yeah. interview. Yeah. Skindred. So Benji's back. And Benji, uh, Benji, thanks for coming back on Talking Metal all these years later. You, Benji, you were that was one of the very first uh, interviews that, yeah, really. that we it really was. ever did. So And, and, and as, as he says at the beginning of the interview, I think I say... Uh, we last interviewed you, even though it was you. I said yeah, we yeah. Yeah. in no, 2005, yeah. we? and he says uh, he's been. Well, that's been far too long, man. Yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's cool. So, that was a great show. You remember that? I went to yeah. see him. Skindred opened up. It was at the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is a block and a half away from here. Right. Um, amazing show. Both bands. Yes. So on that note, let's uh, let's get right into it. Let's hit some testament. Let's uh, hit the song "Rise Up," and this will be followed by my interview with Chuck. Billy of Testament. Rise up. 
Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and what an honor. On the phone, we have Mr. Chuck Billy of Testament. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Cool. No. We s- I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I got to see you guys way back at the beginning of June in New Jersey, and the tour is ah, cool. is still going. It was a great, great night. You guys, Anthrax, Lamb of God, Slayer. How, how has the tour progressed? Oh, it was great. I mean, it's like, you know, definitely a historical event. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being with Slayer, and especially for us, we got a lot of history over 30 years with them, and it's an honor to be kind of a part of the farewell tour. And I got to tell you, you know, Slayer, if this is truly their farewell tour, they're doing it right. It's um, the best they're playing, production, just, you've seen it, you know. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, amazing. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. A lot of fire, a lot of fire on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is a great tour, and how how much is left on the tour? I mean, like I said, I saw you like two months ago we're at this point. We're about 10 days in right now, maybe, so we still, yeah. we're still got a ways, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, very cool. And I also wanted to talk to you about your your vaping products, because this is something that yeah. I guess you, you ventured into a number of years back, and yeah. now you have released some new items, which sound really, really cool. And I mean, just as a business guy, it seems like this is the time to get into this, because the industry is exploding. And, you know, let's, let's start there. What, what attracted you to going into uh, the vaping business? Well, I mean, I was approached about uh, doing a product with Lord Vapor pens um, on a four years ago or so, and and you know, I don't think everything was legal quite yet in as many states as it is now. Right. But it was something new and something I thought was probably good for people, especially like for medical use. You know, people that probably don't smoke weed or maybe have never have and you know like my example is my sister-in-law she she never smoked weed and kind of looked down on it but when she got ill with cancer doctor recommended her trying it and they asked me about bringing them over one of the vaporizers the chiefs and some weed and and i showed her how to use it and do it and and it helped her because she had problems not being able to eat and it helped her with her appetite so you know there's that 
benefits. Of course, yeah, there's going to be the people that just use it for smoking and like myself. Yeah. You know, I still like smoking a joint, but when it comes to vaping, when I want to go somewhere private, like say the movies or baseball game or shit, even getting away with it on the plane, you know, um, that's when the vapes really come in handy. (laughs) Right on. Right on. You know, you got a 12 hour flight somewhere, you know, and hit now and then is not bad. Yeah, absolutely. And there are, I guess, three new products that you're now that you're now launching. Yes. The so let's let's go through these individually. Can you fill yeah. us in a little bit? The yeah, tom- tomahawk. Yep. Yeah. yeah, the tomahawk is pretty much like a pipe. It's a very convenient device that has five pods that come with it, and you you preload the pods with with weed, and. The, it's a cone-shaped pipe, basically, and it has a built-in lighter at the end. So, like the other night, we were using it outside after the show, and it was very windy, but it still worked fine. It worked great wow. in the wind. So, like, man, I was, like, selling the product right there to all my friends that on the tour just because it was, it was working so great in the wind. And and that that's one I like using. You know, it's pretty convenient. You look inconspicuous. You ain't holding a lighter to a pipe, you know? Yeah. And then uh, the second one I have is, uh, it's called the uh, Dreamcatcher. And the Dreamcatcher is an oil cartridge vaporizer that uh, works great. I mean, it's got three temperatures in it, and it's shaped like a Zippo, basically. And from all the other cartridge vaporizers I've seen, the cartridges where you hit the mouthpiece are always exposed. So okay. you either got to take the cartridge out or you know, you not put it in your pocket or something. Whereas the new one I have, it has like a Zippo lid. So you can just simply close the lid, put it in your pocket. And it's very inconspicuous. And it does, it looks like a lighter. And it definitely doesn't look like paraphernalia. Right. And, uh, and, and the battery life is on it is awesome. I started it at the beginning of the tour. And I'm still charged up. I think I probably, wow. I'm, I'm kind of doing a test to see how long it'll go without it dying. But like I said, I'm almost 10 days. Is in. I left on the 26th. It was the first date, and it's still going. So the battery's awesome on it. Right. Cool. Um, it comes with like three different adapters, so you can use any cartridge because they're making different size cartridges now, and you can get all the way up to a gram cartridge, which is pretty awesome. That lasts a long time. Cool. Um, and they got the, also the cool graphics on them, so they're, they're pretty they're pretty unique looking. And then the final product is the Wardrum, which is basically the second generation. Uh, vaporizer from you know just a new and improved um the problems we're having with the first generation was that the mouthpieces were breaking off pretty easily so we redesigned it to where it's a magnetic top and it's packs which was most of the number one vaporizers it's similar to that it has a magnetic top um also it has pods also it has a an adapter that you can drop in the chamber to burn to vape wax as well so that's kind of unique. Right. And, and again, the battery life lasts awesome, and they're actually replaceable batteries. So you can get two or three batteries, have them charged, and take them with you. You know, you're out on somewhere where you have no power access. And they work, they, work, they work awesome. And these are all quality stuff. I mean, it's not novelty stuff. It's actually really good <laughs> product. So we're very, very proud of the new line. 
Yeah, and I mean, like you said, they have cool designs. You can check them out, guys, online at lordvaporusa.com. There's also like t-shirts and like coasters and bag tags and yeah. all sorts of stuff you can pick up too. Yeah, and that's a different line. That's that's the chief of thrash. That uh, the line of merchandise we have, and there's everything under the sun that you can get under there. You know, we don't list everything on the site, but you can pretty much get anything you want, you know, from computer pads to cups, to you know, hats, anything. There's a big variety of uh, merchandise available for it. Right. Now, are these available in stores or just strictly through the, the website? Well, right now it's at the website, but for me traveling and meeting people, I do have friends around the country and, and they have shops and they want to hold this. They want, they want it. So we are definitely going to start doing uh, selling them to the shops. You know, okay. um, I think now we're just trying to get it off the ground, get everybody knowing about it and checking it out and reviewing it and take it from there. And did you have certain artists that worked with you on the designs that are, that are on there? Um, yeah, actually Marcelo Vasco, who's, um, he did our, last record cover with Eloran Cantor. Um, he helped us out with some of the designs of the shirts and the placement of the artwork on all the products. Cool. Cool. And I guess on, on the music front, I wanted to check in with you. I, I had read that you were tentatively planning to get back into the studio and early 2019 i wanted to see if that was still the the game plan and if you guys had started writing anything at this point are there are there riffs are there lyrics ready to go there's no lyrics but there i'm sure eric's got riffs going and and so does alex um after the slayer tour we're, we're not taking any more tours it's that time to buckle down and try to get some music written you know our our hopes and dreams would be you know, to get in the studio by January and have an album out by the summer. You know, oh. That would be our ultimate dream. But, you know, we'll see what happens. It's its tough making promises because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, of course. And when when you do songwriting, you know, with, with Eric and you mentioned Alex, too, are you guys, do you guys enter the studio with, like, completed, finished ideas ready to go? Or do you kind of go into the studio and work stuff out there and, and do actual Sometimes writing in the studio? Sometimes that way. Yeah. Sometimes it works that way. I mean, it all depends how much those guys have worked on it. But, you know, a lot of the times Alex has brought completed demoed songs. So it all, it all depends. I mean, uh, last year Alex didn't contribute as much to the record. But, you know, it's wide open this year, you know. Cool. And and has there been any thought on working with a, a producer or mixer? I know you had Andy Sneap mix the last one, right? Yeah, I mean, there's always that thought and talk, but then there's always, at the end of the day, we always go, you know what? I don't see anything wrong with what Andy did. So, right. <laughs> you know, let, let's continue on. You know, like they say, you don't mess with it if it ain't broke, you know. So you would definitely bring Andy back to, to mix again? I, I think so. I mean, yeah. I think he's he, he's got a good grip on our sound and, and we work well together and you know, at this point, I mean, unless we had issues, there's no really no reason to try to go somewhere else, you know, so I, I don't see it yet. <laughs> right. Gotcha. And now you do management work, too. You, you manage Exodus? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not anymore. We're, not we anymore. don't manage Exodus anymore. Um, we're managing Benedict and um, soil work and 
right now the only band I'm, I'm managing is Shattered Sun, which is one of our first bands we started managing. Oh, okay. And, you know, they're a young band out of Texas. They're on their second record on Victory Records. And, you know, I enjoy working with them. They're hardworking young kids, and I'm really trying to take them from the beginning and kind of, you know, you know, lead them in the right directions business-wise and get them on their feet, you know, doing their own business, you know, eventually as well. Cool. And do they have music out? Is there an album out by them yet? Yeah, there's actually two albums out. Oh, okay. You know, I have to check them out. Their, their second record out um, last July, but uh, we're working on a new record right now, and you know, we'll see where that goes. It's uh, been tough to get them out on the road on some tours, you know. So, right. Yeah, you know, I find it difficult trying to break a new band. <laughs> right on. Yeah. And you guys, of course, as we mentioned at the beginning of the interview, you're out on the road on this, this Slayer tour, the final Slayer tour. Has there ever been any yeah. talk amongst Testament like, hey, at some point we got to hang it up, Some we got to do a, a farewell tour or, or announce the end? Or is that still just a long way down yeah, the road? That, that's. I hope it's a long way down the road. I mean, yeah. I think we've, um, you know, been, you know, once, you know, Alex and the original guys came back in 05, once we right. really kind of buckled down and said, you know, we're going to get back and be a touring band and work hard, you know, we've been kind of forging forward and, and it's been great and our relationships and the music we've been writing and everything has been, been working. So I don't think that's even been a consideration, you know, Good. you know, in fact, I would think it'd have to be something catastrophic <laughs> right for us to go okay it's time you know good well that's good to hear and and chuck i know you are out on the road right now so we don't want to take up too much of your time we do thank you for checking in with us and we encourage all the talking metal listeners to go to lord vaporusa.com there's a drop down menu at the top there one of the one of the choices is chuck billy so you just click on that and you can see all these great products that chuck was telling us about today tomahawk Dreamcatcher, war drum some really cool stuff yeah yeah very cool <laughs> chuck thank you so much for talking with us on talking metal yeah thanks for having me man you bet I appreciate it keep in touch all right man
was Into the Pit by Testament from 1988, one of my all-time favorite years. Yes. What a great year it was. Uh, I think we met in late 87, but we, met in we definitely hung yeah, out a lot in 88 yeah, at we Berkeley hung out College in of Music. We, we had a blast back in those days, yeah, Mark. Yeah, good, good, good times. You want to hear something? I never told you this before. It has nothing to do with metal. I never knew what a Brussels sprout was until I went to your home. <laughs> was that my mom? Yeah, yeah, in, oh, okay. in, uh, in Pennington. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and now they're, they're one of my favorite things. I know this is off when topic. Did, when did you come there? It was around the time we first met. I don't know if I can say this on the air. Yeah, well, I, actually, I remember we, there were two times. Uh, you came down. One time we went to an Ace show in Pennsylvania, okay. some random place. Right. Another time we went to the opening night of, of the, the Revenge show. show. Yeah, yeah in, the Revenge in tour. Bethlehem, PA. I don't know if it was one of those times. It might or, have been one of those nights. Do you remember uh, we went to a pl- uh, uh, facility that we met someone named Jennifer L? Yeah, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was I good. I think that was actually a different time. Yeah, that was. So you, I think you, I think you, you came down numerous times yes. to Pennington. Yeah. The, the best story I have. Can I tell one quick story before we get into yes, the podcast? Sure. Okay. I, I hope I don't get anybody in trouble. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be a little cryptic with it. There was one point where we walked from a facility called AJ's, oh, okay. all the That's way different... back to Hoboken. Yeah, that was like a that four was mile far. walk. And, and the, the thing you're leaving out, it was after. A whole night of drinking. Right. Where we were literally broke. We had no money. Somehow, to nowadays we got credit cards. We have all kind yeah. of access to yeah. money. But back Somehow in those the days, the credit cards were maxed. The credit cards the were maxed out, gone. and the cash was gone. Yeah. And we had to walk from a place called AJ's, AJ's in Secaucus. Secaucus is still there. It Googling is still there. Right I just checked yeah. the other day, yeah. and they have a rock venue. At least at one point, they had a rock venue that was part of AJ's. It may not exist anymore. AJ's is still going strong. And we walked from AJ's all the way to Hoboken uh, because neither of us had like money, ten bucks or anything, yeah. you know, for a car. Wow, wow, that was a great walk, and I always <laughs> think of that. And it was uphill too. When uh, yeah, uphill, yeah, yeah, we, we might we had to go yeah. into, into Jersey City Heights, yeah, and oh, then Union. down. That was Union, yeah, yeah, yeah over into Union. Yeah. Crazy. We yeah. walked so far; it was out of Good whack. Times. What a history! And guess what? If you guys want to know. What we're talking about, you're talking about listeners, you search AJ's and Secaucus, and I think you will understand why we had no money left. Yes, and who knows? The night is young. Maybe we'll end up we, at AJ's again we tonight. We could end up yeah. at AJ's a little bit later. Yeah. You never know. You never know. It's only, uh, it's metal. only a, a skip and a hop yes. away over the Hudson River, so Correct. we will see. But anyways, this is John Keevil. Of the band Warbringer, they are still going strong these many years later. Stronger than ever, actually. It's such good music coming from these guys. I cannot wait to hear the new single. Where is it, John? You told me it would be ready by Heavy Montreal, but it was not ready. So you got some explaining to do, which you will do in this interview right here. Our good friend John Keevil of the excellent band. I know there there are a lot of thrash metal bands out there, but... To me, Warbringer is the best, if not one of the best. Check them out, guys. Here we go. Mark Striegel and John Keeble in Montreal, Canada, right here on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark, and we are here in Montreal, Canada, catching up once again with John Keeble from Warbringer, who is here to destroy the stage at Heavy Montreal today, Sunday, July 29th. John, how are you? I'm doing great, man. In, in high spirits, well-rested. We flew in yesterday. Uh, I'm on an anniversary trip with my wife, so we like practically left Disneyland on our wedding anniversary oh, cool. two days ago. 
Your flew. first anniversary? Or? Yeah, oh, first. Congratulations, so we, we went man. all out and we're doing a whole trip around. We're going to Vermont after this to go hiking oh, nice. around in the woods. Nice. And uh, so this is like, you know, we just happened to have a heavy metal festival as part of that vacation. Yeah. It's really neat. Uh, I like that I get to do that shit in my life, you know? Right. Well, I, we had uh, like a 40-minute, 30, 40-minute interview with you recently on the podcast. Two so weeks just, ago or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, too, not too long ago. But just a little catch up here in person at uh, Montreal. Uh, you'd mentioned a new single is on the way. How's how's that coming along? Uh, it's it's done. Right. So we're we're literally awaiting release. It's gonna be. There's also gonna be a limited edition seven inch. That's why we're awaiting release oh, instead okay. of playing so it today, up. like nice. we kind of discussed in yeah, the podcast. Yeah. They're yeah. Go, the label decided to make a seven inch happen, so we pulled a, a live track from our last summer tour. We we hit up our sound guy. And we got a live version of uh, Descending Blade from Lord of the Vanquished. With, oh, cool. um, that turned out pretty damn good on the B side of that seven inch. So that'll come out, and but it's mainly gonna be a digital single with like a lyric video that goes with it nice. and uh, just to put out a single remind people that Warbringer exists and that we will blow your head off anytime you put us in your your stereo right on yeah. right on cool and how long a set do you get at the uh, at Heavy Montreal like 45 minutes 45 so, so we're good. doing we're doing nine songs and you know we're gonna do what we do and gun them out as fast and hard as we can pretty much and just try to essentially be like the live show equivalent of a nuke right yeah. do you prefer festivals over like say headlining dates or individual dates or um, how do they compare it's a totally different experience because like the kind of the show itself honestly I don't remember a show after I play it because yeah. I'm on. I'm just in this weird autopilot where I'm thinking about vocals and performance, and right. so like my memory totally goes. And I find that very interesting psychologically. It's all the adrenaline and shit. Yeah. So shit, I couldn't tell you. To be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I've had. Uh, I've played to audiences anywhere from the side of like thirty to twelve thousand or something. Right. And I mean, what I actually do yeah. on in either case is exactly the same. So. Yeah. I enjoy festivals, though, because I like the really social atmosphere during the yeah. day, and I like getting to see a lot of other bands. And, of course, just, uh, you know, any band would rather play in front of more people, so I like that. But one of the things about the club shows that's fun is I think the kind of band we are can, like, really just rip the crowd's head off in that kind of setting, because I can, like, jump in, you know, get in people's face, jump in the crowd, and, like, something about that right. is going to make usually like the hardest like thrash shows yeah. uh but festival crowds is a more like it's a different atmosphere we even change up the set a bit on festivals to right. include more like fist in the air type stuff and oh, less okay. of the just straight up right, blitzkrieg attack that we normally do right on cool yeah. one thing i've been asking everybody is uh albums full albums in their entirety what albums and they don't even have to be metal they can be whatever they can be metal they don't have to be what albums, give me two or three, that have really been important to you in your life and, and emotionally affected your life's path? Okay. Now, I've, I've, had, I've done a lot of interviews over the years, and I've gotten this question before. But so, Okay, so uh, I'm going to give one to somebody who's one of my all-time favorite musicians who just died, actually, on my wedding anniversary. Oh, uh, wow. Mark the Shark Shelton of uh, U.S. cult epic heavy metalers Manila wow. Road. Oh, yeah. And I love that. And I'll say Crystallogic, though. I, I actually think... Uh, Open the Gates and the Deluge might, and Mystification, I might think are a little better records, but Crystal Logic's just the one that make, is a real, like, feel-good record. Right. You yep. know, just songs about ancient, uh, kind of like a mishmash of all mythology done with that, that voice, and it yeah. just, it makes me so happy to hear. I just love now, it. Here's a weird question. Did, 
the first time I ever interviewed you in person in New York, did you have a Crystal Logic T-shirt? I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have the shirt in, anymore. Yeah, yeah, but yes, yeah. yeah. I, so yeah. I'm not just I'm yeah. not jumping on because the dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I remember that, that specifically. I, yeah. You had that T-shirt. Yeah, I, I've yeah. been. I've, I really like anything that's like wizardly or reminds me of like ancient magical times yeah. before this weird right. kind of soulless technological era yeah. we're in. So anything that evokes that I find really wonderful. So I, and I'll send out my tribute to that guy because that's yeah, one of my absolutely. favorite musicians. Were they on Shrapnel? I'm trying to remember. They were label. for yeah. a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah they I, think, did, uh, I think they did some work with Mike Varney on Shrapnel. They did yeah. uh, the track Flaming Metal Systems, which is now a bonus track on Crystal Logic. Yeah. Uh, and that starts with like a minute long guitar solo because it was on a Shrapnel Records yeah, compilation. Yeah, you know what it was on? It was on one of the, it was like the U.S. Guitar Hero yeah. Shrapnel. Compilation, either volume. I, I want to say it was volume two, but I'm not. I, I'm not sure. Well, you know your yeah. Shrapnel records yeah. better. Than yeah. <laughs> well, that that was my hate. I mean, I'm 48 years old, so that was my <laughs> hate when I was a kid. I was really into Shrapnel records. Hell yeah, so. dude. Yeah. One of the better record. Like they had a couple of the better record label names. Uh, Shrapnel Records, Combat Records, and yeah. I gotta hand it to our label, Napalm Records. Oh, you know, absolutely. Just going yeah. with like some military jargon, you know, some kind of weapon plus yeah. records is a yeah. good good metal label. Yeah, they've been getting you, a lot of press lately with this D. Snyder release. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's so, sweet. Yeah. Cool. Give me another another one or two albums. Okay, here's one to. that's uh, that's pretty underknown too. Uh, you ever heard of Ashbury Endless Skies? No. Okay, that's like uh, it's from like the early '80s. It's a really uh, my wife loves it, and we were just listening to it. But it's like. Uh, it's kind of unique because it's like the midpoint between really early heavy metal and like, you know, and like 60s, 70s rock, like reminds me of like the Eagles or James Taylor at wow, parts. So it's like cool. soft and, and, but the guitar, the melodic lead guitar playing is just a 10 out of 10. Every song song's good. It's a really fantastic record. It's not like, uh, there's only like one song that it has a real like head banging riff in it, wow. but it's, uh, it's got the like wizardly metal themes okay, and stuff. Cool. It's really good. Um, and then my classic answer for this question is Bathory Twilight of the Gods. If you want oh, to wow, say, like okay. that, which record is like my spirit. And so that right. one just sounds like the song of the mountain to me. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And we always look forward to what Warbringer has in store. The single, it sounds like, is on the way. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's called Power Unsurpassed. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this probably won't get released till around the time that does, or if, a few days before. So fuck it, I, I don't yeah. care. It's called Power Unsurpassed, and I'll tell you a bit about the song. Okay, yeah, um, please. It's a mid since I you know I promised we would play it and then we didn't, so I got I got to do something for you. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, Power Unsurpassed is like a mid-paced song. It was written by Carlos and myself, um, kind of in the vein of like living in the world, a whirlwind or remain violent. Uh, the theme is kind of cool because uh, I. I pretty much just got the chorus line because of that one Donald Trump quote, we will rain down a fire and a fury like right. the world has never seen before. Now, like, I studied warfare, as we right. talked about before. So, like, you you know, I get the impression that he doesn't know exactly what he's saying when he yeah. says that. Okay. Um, right. And that's really scary. Yeah. You know, that's really scary. We have a, like... And I'm just like, what a world we live in where the president, the leader of the free world is going to give, like, a thrashinger who wants to write the most evil shit he can think of, like me, a line, and I can just quote it verbatim. <laughs> you know, I don't have to change it. Yeah. So the song is kind of about, though, uh, it's not about him. It's about that kind of idea that you're going to be number one at all costs and I will have all the power or I'll watch it all burn. Right. That kind of mentality. So it's not just about him, but it's about anybody who's got that mindset, you know, the that just where like i'll be uh, the the line at the end is i will be second to none over right. and over but like really kind of demented and megalomaniac sounding so i was trying to do that and there's a little bit of nod to the chorus lines like the old age has died a new world has begun with a fire and a fury second to none nice, and so nice. that's like uh 
there's a little bit of an allusion to uh, not just weapons of mass destruction, but Warbringer and its weapons of thrash destruction, because I don't think any of the old guys are putting out a record as vicious as Woe to the Vanquish right, right now. I'll just say yeah. it. Yeah, Woe they, to the they Vanquish aren't, from 2017, you know? <laughs> yeah. the, the great Warbringer record, and we will definitely play a, a, some music off of Woe to the Vanquish in just a bit here on the podcast. John, before I let you go, you've had a long history with Talking Metal. I remember we had Jan... Oh, God, it had to be back in 2008 when you guys were, were just uh, getting going. I believe that's when you had the Crystal Logic T-shirt yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> you were on our, our TV show doing a brief interview. Then you came back a number of years later and, and jammed with us. Yeah, that was we sweet. We did the... Uh, from the Beltals. Yeah, and that was with Ron Lipnicki, who was in Overkill. He's currently left Overkill, but great drummer. And that's mm-hmm. up on YouTube, guys. Uh, you can check that out. I'll put it in the show notes today mm-hmm. on TalkingMetal.com. Yeah, so just, uh, yeah, thank you for always uh, being so cool with us. Oh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for always having me on the show. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, Have a great care. set today. And I always feel like, man, some of the stuff, like on interview, I'm always trying to be friendly and stuff, and then I'm like, we're going to nuke Montreal. You know?
Sending Blade by Warbringer, featuring John Keevil. John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the update. Thanks for being a part of the Talking Metal family for so long. And we are hanging in Midtown Manhattan with John on this epic episode of Talking Metal. John, I'm going to hit one more, one more interview from uh, the Heavy Montreal Festival, which Excellent. is so great, man. I hope you can get up there one day, oh, one, I, one year I, with me. I have a feeling that next year I will be up there. They drive, they drive me around on golf carts. That's it's insane. like they That's feed insane. us, put us up in a hotel room. It's so great. Flew me up there. Uh, so much fun. And I got so many great interviews, including this one with... David Sanchez of the great thrash metal band Havoc. They put on a blistering set at Heavy Montreal. This is Hang 'em High, followed by my interview with David Sanchez of Havoc.
We are here with David Sanchez of Havoc at Heavy Montreal 2018. You guys are playing later today. Have you played Heavy Montreal, David, before? Yeah, we played like four or five years ago. Did you? Cool. Yeah, it was killer. Cool. Was that the Metallica year? Or I'm trying to. No, no, that. before that. Before that. Cool. Cool. And do you guys prefer festivals or headlining shows? Like, how, how do you. Uh, two different beasts? Um, festivals are cool. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and it's like party atmosphere. But I, I like playing smaller shows where I can like headbang sweat onto people. Yeah. Right Those on. are more fun. Right on. In my opinion. I, I like being up close. Cool. And you're currently out with Jungle Rot and Extinction AD. How's the tour going? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. We, we uh, Jungle Rot just met up with us a few shows ago. Extinction's been out with us the whole time. Yeah, we had uh, four shows in Canada with Suicidal Tendencies. Oh, nice. And um, cool. yeah, runs great. Cool. And your last record... Uh, is about a year and a half old right now. Little time has passed since it came out. How how is it still feeling to you? How are you living with it at this point? It's cool. Yeah. Um, we're all pretty happy with how it turned out. Conform aside, we're yeah, about conform that. aside. And uh, all of us feel like it's our best record, and crowd and fans seem to really dig it. So yeah, <clears throat> it's fun to play that stuff live, and we'll play a bunch of it today. And. Cool. Um, we're getting ready to write another one soon. Oh, cool, cool. So writing hasn't begun yet. Not really. We got some riffs in the stockpile, right? But right. Cool. Nothing fleshed out yet. Cool. And it's been almost ten years. I think next year will be ten years since your your first full length, Burn, came out. And you've been doing this band for about fourteen years now. Yeah. What What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned since starting this band? Um, keep expectations low and never be disappointed. But yeah. that's not with this band. That's just with life in general. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a good yeah. Expectation good is the root of heartache. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think it's not necessary, but I think it's a good idea if you're going to start a band and go on tour to have a guy that is a mechanic <laughs> in oh, your yeah. band. Yeah. Fix the van and fix the <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. 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 A lot of breakdowns over the years. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> they're machines. They, they break down, especially with, you know, how hard we run them. Right. We're, right. we're on tour very frequently, and uh, we definitely beat them up when we go out. Right on. So the you have some riffs. You're going to be doing some songwriting. What direction do you think you'll be heading musically with, with the next release? I and think with, with every record, the boundaries keep getting like broader, yeah. and we keep stretching the box out, and I right. think the next one will do that more. It'll still be heavy and groovy and cool and fast, but right. there'll be some probably weird shit on there, too, that'll throw a curveball to people. Right on. And are you thinking 2019 release? Hoping so, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And a la- label-wise, do you have a, a label... Yeah, Century Media. Century Media. This will be our second record with them. Cool, cool. And one thing that's been going on on social media a lot, I don't know if you're on Facebook, I, I see all these people posting like 10 albums that meant a lot to them in their life for whatever reason. For you personally, could you give me like two or three albums? They don't even have to, they can be metal, they can be outside of metal, just two or f- three musical albums. They don't necessarily have to be the best albums, but they, they're albums that meant a lot to you. I think Mr. Bungle's first record, Mr. Oh, nice. Bungle. Yeah. That is a huge, huge inspiration to me. Every time I listen to it, I hear new things that I didn't catch before. Right. And um, there's just so much fucking work that went into making that record. 
Yeah. Like aside from the music being super interesting and and uh, just really innovative, I mean they'll throw like eight different genres of music in one song. Right. Yep. Aside from the music being genius, I think it's really cool that they added so many like samples and like effects and weird shit after the music was recorded to make the record just like a complete mind fuck when you listen to it start to finish. It's, right. It's one of my favorite things ever right. recorded. Cool. That would be one of them. Also, um, let's see. It's another like top top favorite. That's tough. There's so many good ones, but uh, I think probably Rain and Blood. Okay. Slayer, for the sure. obvious reasons, is yeah. intense, and um, the speed and aggression is off the charts. If I had to pick a third one, I'd say Frank Zappa, You Are What You Is. Oh, wow. That's an interesting one. It was uh, Steve Vai's on that, right? I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah Steve yeah. Vai's on it. Yeah. Um, you Are What You Is is really cool because from start to finish, the whole record, there's no like lulls, pauses in between songs. Every song kind of like seamlessly goes into the next song. Right. Which is really cool. Start to finish, it's like a one, yeah, one piece pick. of music. Even for like the Zappa fan base it's a it's an interesting pick Charlena on that record Charlena right I, Charlena is on Demarus oh okay oh, alright 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 all right. but uh, there's some good good wow, tracks on that Zappa. one too <laughs> um, and then probably like Oingo Boingo Only really? the Lad wow. their first full length album is very inspiring to me because Danny Elfman writes some really fucked up weird cool music yes it's very interesting and musically dense right. but uh, at the same time yeah. he's Writing stuff that's super, super catchy. Right. You know? Even though the super weird music that's very chromatic and, like, atonal often, somehow it's still fucking catchy and it's all hooks. The intro's, you know, easy to get stuck in your head. Then the verse has got a hook. Then the pre-chorus has a hook. Then the chorus has a hook. And the middle has a hook. Right. I think the songwriting, um, the caliber of songwriting is really high, even if it's not appreciated by the masses. I think it's... Uh, right up there with like, you know, Lennon McCartney stuff. And wow, very cool. And before we let you go, when you're not doing music and you're not in the studio or out in the road touring, what do you do to keep yourself busy? Do you have hobbies? Do you have other interests outside of music? That when we're not on the road, yeah, I like to go hiking. Hiking? Yeah, cool. I like taking road trips and going camping, hanging out with my dogs. Cool. What kind of dogs do you have? I've got uh, Pit, a uh, Boxer mix and a bulldog mix. Excellent. Yeah, they're all cool. Um, like hiking, reading, making art. Um, what kind of art do you do? I just like doodling, drawing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's fun. Cool. <laughs> uh, I like watching documentaries. You see any good ones lately? Lately, I watched this really interesting um, series on Netflix called Wild Wild Country ah, okay. about this cult in Oregon that ah. almost took like the whole state over. Right. Right. People were like poisoning the water supply and trying to, you know, push the original residents out. Wow. <laughs> it's really yeah. crazy. Fucked up. Cool. Well, have a great set today at Heavy Montreal, and thank you so much for spending some time with us here on Talking Metal. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, David.
came out in 2009 and yes I still call them records yeah even I if they're too. not on physical records yeah I do too definitely and <clears throat> let's let's just jump right into this last interview skin uh, skindred is a little bit I, I don't know it may be the oddball in this episode since we've kind of been doing that aggressive thrash metal music skindred is definitely a, a different style I think they're great I think their new record big tings was was awesome it's worth checking out if you like catchy aggressive rock pop element here a lot of different influences thrown in there they are a great great band and definitely check out their new record big tings and anyways uh john again you interviewed this guy back in 2005 here we are in 2018 The same two guys doing the same podcast, talking metal. I can't believe it's 2018 and we started in 2005. It's it's ridiculous. How crazy is that? It really is. I thought we were doing this for 10 years. We're doing this for like now, what's that, 13 years? 13 years, But see, it just seems so weird. 2005, I I can understand that I've been living in 2005. 2018 sounds... Like I'm in like We're Mars in the future. or something, yeah. you know. Like yeah, welcome to sounds, the future, man. Yeah, you remember when I did I tell you <laughs> yeah. about that before the future? When I went to this building called the Future on like Whoa. 30th in Lexington Avenue, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I walked into an the apartment place, building, apartment right? building, and yeah. and the welcome. guy goes, "Welcome to the future." Right. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And, that. and yeah. of course, I I didn't buy because it, back yeah, then, yeah, they were trying to sell you an apartment. Yeah, they were trying yeah. to sell me an apartment, and and. With today's standards, if, if it was that price, I would buy it to right this second. But uh, back then, that was a total, you know, lots of money for me that I did not have at that point. In in 1993 or whatever it was uh, when I went to the future. Yeah. But the building still exists. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. uh, I can't the future. believe You can still rent an apartment You there. can still yeah. rent an apartment in the future. Probably not as nice as it was in 19... No uh, longer whatever. that nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's no go. longer the future. You know what the future it's is? It's the past. That, They've renamed it's the, past. It the past. The building's <laughs> called the past. Uh, the, they got a Trader Joe's under there. So I don't know. You know, you know what the future is now? That what? crazy rectangular building up in the 50s in the east side? No, it, it's know. a tall rectangle. It's, it's a complete, perfect rectangle from bottom to top, and J Lo and A Rod, are they together? Probably. I yeah. think they're in the penthouse. Why not? Yeah. Like I, I think they're be. up top. Yeah. So if you want to meet them, 
You just go there and hang out. Now, I was looking online on Instagram, which I'm not an expert on. These pictures came up, and I thought it said, like, it said something like three. I thought it said 3,000. I was like, oh, I can afford that per month. No, it was uh, three million. Oh, three million a month. For, like, a, a studio apartment. Yeah, or three million oh, to, to buy, buy or something like that. So, unfortunately, I'm not moving into the building with uh, J-Lo and A-Rod. However, for, like, about... An hour, I thought I was moving in there. Right, right. Negative. Uh, right. Not true. Yeah. Once Talking Metal <laughs> breaks through to the, the yeah. mainstream, I might the move money in there. That's my goal. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. Anyways, this is That's My Jam. There's a great music video to this by Skindred. And then we will talk with Benji of Skindred. How you doing? Yeah, man, just enjoying it. We got a little sunshine in England, so I'm happy. Oh, that's good. Glad to hear that. It's been a while, man. We had you on the uh, show back in 2005. I was just going yeah, through that's, the. That's too long ago, mate. Yeah. That's, 
too long ago. Yeah. So I'm glad we're reconnecting here in, in 2018, which is an exciting time for for Skindred, or at least Skindred fans. I mean, I'm really, really digging the new record, Big Tings. It's out now, came out in April. And let's just start off with the video for That's My Jam. How clever and how awesome is, is this video? I just love it. I mean, it, total concept behind it. It's not just a band on a soundstage, which is kind well, of boring. you know. Well, let's talk about the video. Well, we got sick of the same thing. Like, um, we just thought, like, doing the the whole band playing the song, blah, 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 and, you know, in, involving loads of people and all that crap. We just decided, well, the drummer, basically, Aria, he had the idea to do the video of this cat because we had a cat on the album cover, which we thought was really cool, the, you know, with the shades and stuff. And basically, it was all Aria's idea. He found the guy who, who, um, who shot the video for him, and we just wanted to do something different, something that, you know, you, you, never, had to, you never had to be in. So we was happy with that, definitely. Yeah, and I mean it's just a it's a clever video. There's it's a great story that's going on there, and then the song is just is just epic. And there are so many great songs on the new record, Big Tings. And you know, I'm not I'm not a Skindred expert, so correct me if I'm wrong. But it does feel like you guys have 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 gone in a in a slightly different musical direction with this than than you had on on some of the previous records. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with it. I, I also think that what 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 I'm with big things is normally in a, in a, in a Skindred situation of writing an album, uh, a lot of the pressure lyrically and melodies and stuff like that is put on me. But the guys are coming into it. You know, they're not they're not children. Uh, I mean, I'm older than the guys in the band, and they've just had a lot of ideas over the years that I've said, oh well, let's do that another time. Well, it came to the time where we were going to do something that the guys have been doing. Mikey came with the idea for big sort of um, that's my jam and we played it to the producer. We we all we wrote about twenty songs and just said to the producer, You pick the songs and I guess he just dug what what well, you know, that's my jam, big things, you know. And and, and yeah, it was a good vibe. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like I could almost see like a, a different audience base too getting into the music. I mean, at times, you know, I, I hear like the Faith No More stuff that, that Faith No More fan might like, but also like I could see like Queens of the Stone Age fans or even Foo Fighter fans digging what you're doing here. Yeah, we've always been fans of that kind of stuff. And I I think it's it's really cool that we can actually just experiment and en- enjoy that kind of sound as well. You know, we're, we're big fans of rock music, full stop, you know, from ACDC to the Foo Fighters, as mentioned, you know what I mean? And all the way through, you know, I don't think, I, I think without bands like that, we couldn't have wrote that, the record that we just written. Absolutely. And again, the album that we're talking about is Big Tings by Skindred. We are talking with Benji Webb. And you guys, uh, you've been doing a lot of festivals, it seems like, this summer. You, yeah. you're... We, we've been so blessed to play so many festivals in Europe. I think, you know, uh, radio shows in the States are very different from festivals in Europe, you know. As much as, you you know, they're great, but I just feel like in, in, in Europe, it's just a little more crazy, you know. I mean, like, the, the other night we played with, um, believe, check this bill, we played with um, Nine Inch Nails, um, <laughs> Hollywood Undead, nice. and... Limp Biscuit, and that was that was a hell of wow. a show, you know. That's yeah, awesome. It, it was, uh, and what the Nine Inch Nails was just an experience because the lighting show and sonically they were they were unbelievable. So you know we get we get to, we're very lucky we get to see some great live acts. And do you do you tailor your your set list to never. to the festival? Never. No, no. Compromise. We never compromise. That's the worst thing any band can do, you know. Because you know what? If you go out there and compromise, people are not seeing the true you. 
you know so we always we always try to make our set a, a set that we enjoy henceforth if a crowd digs it then we we went there and we won them over just we've won them over in, in what we do not what we um not compromising you know right so that's something we never do we never do that that i don't think i, I don't think any band should do that i think it'd be crazy to do that Right on, right on. Now, honest, uh, you know, Skindred's been out there really going on two decades at this point. I think, what, 18, 18 years, years yeah. 18 years, yeah. When well, you, you look- know what? The beautiful, the beautiful thing about Skindred, 18 years with the same lineup. That is amazing. That's pretty, you know, I mean, none of us, we're not prisoners to Skindred. You know, we can do what we want. So I'm just showing you how much we love what we're doing and how real we are within that, having the same lineup for all them years. I mean, I'm, I'm older than the guys in the band. And they've been doing it since they were in their, in their early twenties, you know. And now they're now they're touching in their late thirties, you right. know. So it's been it's been a blessing, for sure, to to have the same guys. I've seen them go from young men to men with houses and children of their own, you know. So it's really wow. cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. And when you look back at the the eighteen year career, you've and you know I know you've done stuff before Skindred and alongside of Skindred, but specifically with Skindred, that eighteen year career. What are some of the highlights that that jump out to, uh, of that of that time with Skindred? Well, getting dropped by record companies is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you because you know with a lot of people they think because they got a, a record company gets involved and then the record company goes oh we don't want you no more for us it's always a challenge to know that we've been keep we keep on going i think we've released i think it's like seven albums and we've had six different record companies and it doesn't matter about the record companies i think if a band is strong and it's tight within themselves and within the spirit of the band i think that's what's basically that's been a highlight for us because every time that adversary comes against us we unite stronger and move forward. I mean, we've played like, you know, big shows. I mean, I, I, I got asked to sing with Korn once and all that. But I think the, the most impressive thing for me is how we've gone through the, the battles with labels and come out the other side and then continued with another label to make a record. I think that's a lot of bands out there. They get disheartened when they lose a record label. I, I think that's just the beginning. It's, a, it's an opportunity. Like I said, I think it's the Chinese. They say um, crisis Crisis is just is another word for opportunity, you know. Right on, definitely, definitely. And again, you always have so much musical stuff going on. I know uh, Dub War is is another thing you do. You guys had a sing, sing, single out back in 2016. Is there any new yeah, material? Yeah, we're writing new material. I would, I'd like to put, put put out a new album from Dub War because like, I think it was what Dub War finished in '97. Um, we, we're still very close friends. I mean, the guys in Dublin actually live in my hometown, so I see them all the time. We, we write a lot of stuff together, even outside of of Dublin. We just we're always in co- connections. We're always in con- contact with each other. So I believe that we're going to get in the studio. We've written, I think, we've written about ten songs. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to finish. We're going to finish it. We're going to get a new. I think it's going to be called um, the Declaration of Dublin. Wow. Cool. <laughs> And yeah, man. So you're doing a lot of European stuff with Skindred this uh, this summer. Yeah. But we're I, itching to get to the states, bro. Okay, I'll be that was my you. question. Yeah, yeah, we're itching. I mean, I, it's it, you know, people gotta understand that people just think we put a map, we we put a pin in a map and say, "Let's go, guys." It ain't like that. You know, it takes a lot. You know, I mean, you you need to sort out a tour. You need to sort out, you know, how you're gonna get to the shows, and 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 then also you gotta you gotta pay for your um, visas to work and stuff. So it ain't, it ain't, people who think that we're just staying in Europe because we want to be here, you know, when the right time comes and the right promoter comes along, 
we're going to be in the States doing what we do best. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, we'd love to get you some of the the festivals over here. We're we got heavy Montreal. You guys would fit in great there. That's a, a festival up in Canada that they do each each year. Yeah, I do, I do enjoy Canada too. Yeah, man. Yeah, cool. Well, Benji, it's great catching up with you again, and I, I hope the uh, the whatever it's been fourteen years don't go by before we do another interview. Let's let's stay yeah, in I'm, touch. I got a feeling that we're going to be back on on the U.S. soil before you know it. I really have. Awesome, awesome, and best of luck to you. And we will, uh, we will promote the record here on Talking Metal again. It is Big Tings by Skindred. Guys, definitely go check it out. We'll have the links up in today's show notes. Thank you, Benji. Thank you, sir. Hope okay. to see you again soon. Yeah, take Bye. care, man. Bye. Take care. Big Tings running through my mind. I think about them all the time. I'm gonna do my thing the way I wanna do it, and everything will be.
That was Big Tings, the title track from the new album by Skindred, featuring my good friend Benji, who I interviewed back in 2005. You're a good friend. I'm kidding. Uh, Benji, I consider, if you're on Talking Metal, you're, you're always my good friend. So many Even though we haven't seen each other since 2005. But um, so many in my book, you're my man. good friend. So many interviews. And, and we haven't rehearsed this at all or spoken yeah. about this, but... John and I, at least verbally, have kind of agreed that he's going to be coming a little bit more back in the fold of the Correct. podcast. There, you've been for the last uh, probably year and a half, two years. You've been making a lot of appearances. There was that weird fourteen-month period That's where insane. you were missing completely. I cannot believe that. And and you know the the podcast has gone up and down. And tentatively, I haven't even spoken with you about this beforehand, but. I, I, Emily has become a part of the podcast, Correct. and the listeners, you guys seem to really embrace her, which is awesome. She's great. And and the, the, the thing that I said to her, and she wholeheartedly agreed, was two things that we want to really happen with the podcast. For a while, I stopped having any guests. Then we started bringing guests back. But it seems, for the most part, with a few exceptions, I focused more on the classic 80s kind of era guys. And when this show started, we, we did all those guys, but we also did younger, melodic death metal from Sweden. Right. We did, you know, Dark Tranquility and all this, mm-hmm. Arch Enemy and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, I felt we were much more diverse musically back in those days. So with Heavy Montreal, it was great because I, I interviewed a more diverse musical bands up there that we're going to be hearing from. So... Moving forward, the tentative plan is more diversity and more astronomy. I like it. More astronomy. Uh, I like yeah. it. More diversity so, more astronomy. Very yeah. good. So I think we really, uh, you know, it's good to shake things up every now and again. And I, I kind of feel like the tentative plan, depending on your availability, is we're going for full circle. Correct. We're going back to the old days. Uh, you're going to hear a lot more stuff, my prediction, from Mark drinking. and I out, yeah, out at bars, a lot more... Uh, to quote an old uh, tape, a lot of, lot of, lot of drinking, a lot of music, a lot of jamming. Right. <laughs> you know uh, what I'm talking about? Not is that? Yeah, uh, that's uh, Jim Hennigan. Yeah, yeah, Jim Hennigan. A lot okay. of, lot of jamming. I got my Jack. We're not sure if he meant Jack Daniels or the Jack for the guitar, but he's got a right. Tascam uh, mixes out the ass. He's got yeah. a lot of stuff. Remember that quote? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got. He's got. I got a DX7. I got. I got a. Uh, you know, MK3. Like I got. I got this. Yeah, basically, mixes Jim Hennigan was this guy who yeah. played in a band called Chrome Locust with Todd <laughs> Youth, who once played with yes, you know, with Ace. Yeah. And Jim did a prank call tape back in the day. Yeah. So like in, good. In, the Aquarian and the Village Voice, and I'm sure in the Midwest, the Illinois Entertainer, people used to put in ads like saying, looking for a guitarist, no posers, yeah. you know, must have good gear and awesome chops, yeah. you, you know, or or <laughs> looking for a guitarist into Cinderella, White Lion, and Slaughter, must have the look, but and also must have the chops, yeah. y- you know. Um, and the greatest thing is Jim goes, he goes, he called one ad, he goes, look, he goes... So he, he called these uh, ads, yeah. and, and he prank called the ads, and he'd right. record them, and he released them kind of as a Jerky Boys tape yeah. type of thing. The best one is when and he, he caught up hilarious. and he was reading the requirements. He goes, okay, look, I'm I'm 5'10". It says between 5'7 and 5'11. Uh, and he goes, I got the height. He goes, uh, he goes between like 25 and 30. He goes, I'm 27. I got the age. And, and he's like, it must have long hair. He goes, I'm not a mercenary. So that was a term back right, in the day. Right. Mercenary yeah, must like, not be a mercenary. Yeah, he's like, I'm not mercenaries a mercenary. In, yeah. in the 
the musician wanted ads. Right. Mercenaries meant you wanted to be paid. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. So if you're a mercenary, I didn't even know what that it meant. Would, it would mean like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll be in your band if you pay me right. to come to rehearsal and, and pay me for the gigs, you know. Yeah, and then he goes, and I got the looks and I got the chops. And the, the greatest thing in the whole thing is after he talked to this one guy, may have been from the, the classic group of New York City Ripcord. Um, he, uh, and if, if, you're, if Ripcord guys are listening to this, look, we, I, I personally think Ripcord is probably a cool band. But, um, and uh, if you're on Contact Talking Metal, we'll get Ripcord on Talking Metal. That'll be a huge score for us. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what happened was no one knows who you're talking, talking about. <laughs> after oh, you know Ripcord. I know what you're yeah. talking about. So after after um, the whole call, yeah. the guy goes. That Jim um, prank call. Yeah. Yeah. He goes. The guy's like, "Well, do you have the the you know do you have long hair?" And after like 30 minutes of talking about how great he was, he goes, "Well, you know, the straggles in the back are pretty long, but you know, it's bald up top." <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite quote of that yeah, whole and, thing. And, and for people who don't understand, back in the day, yeah. hair was, was so a important. big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and if, if if you were the least bit receding or yeah. or, uh, or it was like, like a scandal, like thinning, yeah. like no go, you're not <laughs> no, in the band. Yeah, the I mean, there's that there's that story about about some of the 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 original Cinderella guys who had thinning hair and they were booted out of the band by the label because wow. they wanted people with thicker hair. And, and maybe that's why they reappeared in Britney Fox with massive yeah, yeah, systems. They, yeah, yeah, hair yeah, systems. Yeah. That's my favorite word, system. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I don't know if you know if that story is true, so don't well, go We're going to look it up. But, but yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was one. You know who I like? Dizzy Dean Davidson. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of oh, systems. Yeah. yeah. So you know who I... Wait, was that the singer or the guitar player? Singer of... Okay, I don't know if he had I think system, Billy Childs was the guitarist. He was the yeah. guy with the, with oh, the kind of like suspicious yeah. looking hair. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know who I spoke with the other day? Eric Brittingham. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Bass player with, of uh, Brett Michaels. Brett, yeah. yeah. He's really cool. And your buddy Pete. Pete oh, Pete Evick. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, so I haven't, cool. I haven't heard from him Pete in a while, is so cool. Yeah. Uh, he was a, a good friend of our, our, our buddy who died, AJ, aka CC Banana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Uh, Pete Abbott, great guy. Though, yeah, yeah, Pete was great, and Eric Brittingham was really nice, and uh, they're, of course, playing with Brett Michaels. We just did a fest. Uh, I say we, meaning the Ace Fraley uh, entourage. John, just did a John show is with uh, Ace's tour manager, personal assistant, right. a.k.a. sometime manager, right? Correct. Yep. 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 And, uh, yeah, so we had a blast. Uh, I, I got to go into Brett's, uh, Brett Michaels' room, took a really cool shot of... Uh, Ace and Brett that I posted on my Facebook and on Aces. Lita Ford was there. I've been, I've been. Oh, becoming, I saw, I saw a picture you posted of Ace yeah, and Lita. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, becoming uh, closer friends with Lita Ford, which has been great. Uh, uh, which I think is really cool. I know Lita, and some of her friends, and uh, some of and the guys in her band. Metal, I think. Three times? I'm not sure. Maybe tw- have Lita two on. or three times we've had her on. Yeah, we need her back. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I will definitely get her back. And uh, so I had a blast in, in July hanging out with those guys, hanging out with the guys on Autograph, who we originally met at M3. Uh, Simon, Steve, Randy, uh, everybody has been very, very cool. Yeah. Um, they're all cool. I, if I'm missing anybody, uh, and I forgive will me. end it with, you know, we're going to wrap things up. I will end it with this. Lita Ford, when I interviewed her in person in New Jersey at, at a festival, which will go unnamed, um, we were backstage, and I said to her, Lita, the last time I saw you play live was Heavy Montreal, which I guess was probably Heavy Montreal 2015, I'm thinking. And she said, now those people know how to run a festival. Heavy Montreal, class, wow. act, all the way. She was like, this place, 
a shit show. Wow. That's what she said to me before the Man. interview. Yeah. You know, for, for for all of the listeners, uh, these festivals are really major undertakings, and, and you really need... Um, you need to have a staff. I would recommend if I was putting on a festival to have like two or three people devoted to every act. But like the back of Heavy Montreal, there's about a hundred bands listed there. Right. You can't have like four hundred people working for your festival. Like like they somehow they somehow managed to do it. And I know. mean they they like I I one point at the at the end of Saturday night I got a little drunk and I thought I lost my wallet. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of a long story, but. I, I emailed them in a drunken stupor. I was like, I lost my wallet. And they put out like an all points bulletin. bulletin. Wow. They had people running around the island searching for Mark Striegel's wallet. Man. And it turns out I, it had just fallen behind the desk in the hotel room. <laughs> and once I sobered up a little bit, I actually realized oh, that. No. I, I emailed them back and they yeah. like called off the search. But wow. that that showed me That's how, how pro how, they, yeah, are. They, they, they are. They are totally on it. And some mm. idiot podcaster from New Jersey loses his wallet and they're like, Sound the alarm! Yeah, I that, mean, it, was, that it was amazing. So good for them, and and what a great uh, festival that is. Um, I had such a blast at the uh, festival I was uh, last at. Uh, what both was the Kadat, Kadat, uh, and then I we were at a festival in Walker, Minnesota, and Kadat. Um, Where is that? Kadat is in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. Yeah, and and a guy named Craig helped me out in Wa- Walker. It was a great festival, and um, and you know his whole family uh, chipped in. His daughter drove us. He drove us. It was great. We cool. had a blast in uh, both of those festivals. Awesome. Festivals are fun. Yeah, I love festivals, and uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, get you doing some some stuff with us at M three next year. Yeah, M three. Uh, if I'm as long maybe as I'm heavy not Montreal, tour, who knows? Yeah, and I'd love to go to heavy Montreal. I'd love to go to Canada. Yeah, no, it's fun up there. Definitely cool, John. Montreal, as they say in the uh, French. Do they call it Montreal up there? Oh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's that's one uh, thing I will say. Montreal, the French was, pr- pronunciation. I thought was was a little dicky was uh, when Fred Durst, who I hadn't seen Lip Biscuit since 1996. I know everyone's like, "Oh my God, he likes Lip Biscuit." No, I, I like Lip Biscuit. I, I like their yeah, second I like album. Them. I like their second album, mm-hmm. The Significant Other. But Fred Durst and they did deliver. I mean, the place well, I went bet fucking they're great. crazy. Yeah, I bet they're live. Good. And even I felt myself going, "Ah, oh, like, remember yeah. this." You I know, like it. But he and said at one point, the, he was like, he's like, Montreal, he's like, what the fuck's up with you people? He's like, is it French or is it English? He's like, pick one, motherfuckers. Oh, Which, brother, because, yeah. And I will say this, that it's interesting because I remember when I was a kid, I go to Montreal. If you didn't know French, you were fucked. Wow. But now everyone knows English. Wow. I mean, yeah, I didn't know that. Mon- yep. I hate to reveal secrets, but Mitch Lafon, our good friend, he's right. a... Uh, he, Teacher? Jo- yeah, he teaches English. In the, in wow. So thanks to Mitchell Fon, he's got the he whole fucking He taught the city. whole uh, Canada <laughs> how to speak English. English. Yeah. 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 Good for Mitch. Yeah. And uh, I, I won an award in ninth grade as best French speaker. Oh, did you? Well, cool. I only know how to say one thing. Je joue de la batterie. It means I play the drums. Oh, really? Yeah. Je m'appelle Jean. Je joue. Je joue, yeah. au, je joue au guitar. Yeah, you, you're. Yeah, yeah au guitar could be it. Je, I, I, yeah, je I don't. Joue or yeah. the, je joue le guitar? Le guitar. No, I don't know that. Yeah. I, I know. Je joue au volleyball. That means What's I, that mean? I play volleyball, which oh. I don't. But I uh, know bibliothèque means library, and uh, uh, WC means water closet. Oh, what, merci. Everyone's like, oh, thank merci. you. Yeah, merci. Okay. Merci. I, I kept saying that. When merci beaucoup. Would say, I mean, merci. I that. Merci. Merci. Yeah. So yeah. I like in, in Russian, it's spicy, spicy bow or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I will say when you get underground on the metro subway they have mm-hmm. there, 
everything's in French. I got really confused. Oh, I really? got lost wow. a couple times. But yeah. I want uh, to go to Montreal. Yeah, Montreal. Montreal. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. John, it's been great hanging with yes. you here in Midtown Manhattan, We're talking metal, checking out. Do we want to play one more song to take us out? Or are yes, we, let's or are play we one more song. I always like to end with a song. Well, I'm going to let you pick it because I don't have Okay, can I pick it from yeah. any song? Any or does genre, it have to fit the genre of this episode? No, any, anything. Any song. Okay. Okay. Maybe Arthur's Since we theme were talking about... By, what's that? I, I Arthur's theme song by Christopher Cross. Oh. No, no. He, Christopher Cross, I like, I oh, like that. Sally, um, yeah. I was thinking uh, maybe a song by Huey Lewis and the News. No, let's play no. some... Let's play okay. Hard Rock. How about another song? Um... How about John's being funny, by the way? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I like Huey Lewis. I like his being totally yeah, he, And Huey Lewis played harmonica on some Thin Lizzy songs. Oh, I didn't know that. Man. At least one, yeah. That is that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I love uh, I love John Sykes. Um, yeah, I I love uh, White Snake, but you know, I want to play a song by Blue Murder. Oh, nice, John Sykes, Carmine. That? Coming Come Apice. Coming Apice. Yeah. yeah. Apice. No, yeah. Apice Vinny Apice. Vinny Apice. Coming Apice. How about uh, Valley of the Kings? Mm-hmm. Carmine is being managed by our good friend Dame, Damon, by the way. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if you know that, but uh, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Is that a song? Yeah. Yep. Valley of the Kings by Blue Murder. Carmine gave me an impromptu drum lesson back before we knew him on the podcast or anything in Boston, Massachusetts. They were playing a gig at the Paradise Rock Club in nine. I don't know whenever that album came out, and a group called the Stage Dolls opened up. They were from Sweden, I believe, uh, or, or somewhere in that area. Um, forgive me if I'm incorrect on that. But uh, I uh, I tapped out the Carmine put me on the spot and said tap out the beat with your foot and with your two hands, and I did it. And he said I had it right, and he wrote me out like some notes. Musical notes, and uh, he taught me how to play uh, some Blue Murder music. Cool, cool. So let's hear that song. John Sykes was amazing. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows this. Most of you should know this, that he wrote a lot of the songs, if not most of the songs, on that self-titled Whitesnake record that featured Adrian Vandenberg and Vivian Campbell, the video. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Adrian played, I think, one solo on, uh, Here on I, the record. Was it Here I yeah. Go Again. Yeah, I think he, he played been, the yeah. solo for that. And then... Uh, it was a weird thing because it was like Neil Murray on bass. I think Anley, Ansley Dunsbar. I'm not Googling this, so don't crucify me. Yeah. Ansley Dunsbar was on drums. Uh, John Sykes, who David Coverdale had grabbed because he loved his work with Thin Lizzy uh, right. on, on that last Thin Lizzy record. And, uh, yeah, they did that self-titled thing. And then everyone was basically let go, and they were replaced with – Cool looking metal dudes. Right. Yeah. And which worked, you know, and it was very. It did, but I thought John Sykes looked just as cool as all those John other guys. John Sykes, I, I feel like he was a younger dude and they should have kept him. Right. Cause, cause, but, but they didn't, and I, I guess him and Coverdale had issues, but right. they brought in, of course, uh, Ozzy's. Rudy Sarzo. Brought, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Ozzy's team from the. Diary of the Madman tour, not the album, oh, okay. right, which right. was Tommy Aldridge and Rudy yep. Sarzo, right. and of course Vivian, who had been with Dio, right. joined mm-hmm. up. Vivian Campbell, and now with Def Leppard, and then they brought in 
Adrian Vandenberg, right? Yeah, Adrian Vandenberg from and, Vandenberg. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, and then, didn't Steve Vai end up in White Snake? Yeah, point? that was the next record, right? Right. Which and was who did he tongue. replace? Yeah. Who left, and who did Steve Vai replace? Ooh, wow, that's a tough one. I believe he re- he came in. I believe. Well, at some point, was either Vivian Campbell or Vandenberg. Yeah, I think Adrian Vandenberg was hurt in a in an accident. Oh, okay. But he remained in the band, and I believe ah, you're putting me on. The well, spot. I'm sorry. I believe it was Vivian Campbell who left. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're gonna have to. So hey, Vivian Campbell is. We don't in, know every fact, guys. In okay. Those, in those videos, but as far as I know, he never played a note on any white snake. Oh wow. Yeah. Come on. As far as I know, but. Anyways, that's it, and let's do it. Valley of the Valley, Valley of the Kings, Kings by, by Blue Murder, Murder, featuring Tony Franklin on bass, I believe. Um, Carmine Apiece, of course, a good friend of Talking Metal, and John Sykes. Yeah, check us out on Patreon and use our Amazon links. PayPal donations welcome. Here we go. Blue Murder on Talking Metal. <laughs> <laughs>